Hey guys, welcome back to the Adrian Bow podcast featuring Troy Malcolm. This week, Adrian, we're going to do something special. We're going to bring a recent skills workshop that you and I both hosted that we send out to the entire McGraw network on a weekly basis. Now, listeners, you're going to get this pretty much every fortnight, but what it is is tapping into the skills and challenges and objectives and traits that you need to use out in the field to make your business grow. Adrian, why did we do this and why is it so important in the field right now? It goes to my love, uh, Troy, which is that paradigm between motivational and practitioner work. So I always made a commitment if I ever coached or trained agents that I could share dialogue and strategies and systems and checklists that they can implement into their business the same day or the next day and move the needle with listings and sales because that is our KPI and that's what we're measured on. And I like to have my agents achieve immediate results from the work that we do. Hey, listeners, if you like this, rate it five stars, send us a review, send us questions, because we want to make sure that it's relevant for you every single week. Enjoy the episode. All right, guys, welcome back to episode number five. Can you believe we're five weeks into doing this? What was started out as just a bit of a trial, we're going to yeah. send it out to an office, is now five episodes in, guys. Uh, absolute gratitude for you sending through all your questions. Adrian, today's topic is a really interesting one because not only does it affect someone that's been in the industry only a short amount of time, yeah. but anyone that's been in the industry probably has this question, and it is a Q&A that's come through. Yes. And the question is, Adrian and Troy, um, I have been prospecting for quite a while I've been in the industry for a little while Um, who do I call I've run out of people to actually make contact with got it over the 23 years I've been the number one agent in the Coogee uh, and Maroubra BDA areas as a bigger geographic location yes what was your strategy to always have a reason to contact and prospect not only new business but also your past clients sure sure okay so the first thing is we've got to differentiate Troy between reactive prospecting and proactive prospecting okay so Uh, Reactive prospecting is um, calls that are made off the back of existing inventory. So callbacks, email inquiries, phone inquiry, okay? Uh, Even even post-sale calls to a degree because they're still success calling. Um, So if you differentiate reactive to uh, proactive, then if you look at priority number one when you get into in the morning and you've got that AM energy around prospecting, let's assume you've dedicated 60 to 90 minutes, the first person or group of people you should call is actually people that have left you a voicemail message or people that have emailed you inquiring on a piece of real estate. Now, to some people, before they identify that that's a form of reactive prospecting, it's actually a distraction and it's painful and it's onerous and it's an obligation. Now, what I'm suggesting to you is they're all incredible opportunities because at the end of that conversation, you're going to ask, what do you, do you live in the area? Are you planning to sell? What I'm going to do is send you my business card in the event you look to buy or sell in the future. Um, and you're going to have that intent and that objective, which we spoke about last week, Troy, around A, servicing their inquiry, sure, but B, identifying whether they own a piece of real estate and databasing. So that's priority number one, the minute you walk into your appointment with yourself, which is your prospecting appointment in the AM, right? Yeah. Number two is your current vendors. That is a a proactive form of prospecting, but it's a form of prospecting nonetheless because what you're constantly doing is nurturing those clients to build raving fans, and those raving fans are going to refer you other clients, and you're also going to keep your 
campaign on track. So you're killing two birds with one stone. So that's important. If you've got nothing to tell them and you reported to them yesterday, just ring them and say, hey, Troy, guess what? I've got nothing to actually report to you today, but I just want to check how you're feeling about the campaign. Yeah, really important question, guys, and not enough salespeople in our industry actually ever go through that process of asking how the vendor thinks the campaign's going. Absolutely, because unfortunately as agents, Troy, we are talking heads. It's like 20 groups, four contracts, uh, they love the, 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 their backyard, but they didn't like the busy street, blah, 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 and then see you later. You know, take a pulse every day on the campaign, see where your owner's headspace is. It's a form of, of uh, clearance rate uh, skills and it's a form of prospecting and a form of retention of that listing and ensuring that it sells. So number three on the list in my opinion is your hot sellers. Now these are people that you've been to see in the last seven to 14 days that will sign an agency agreement either with you or one of your competitors, hopefully the former, okay, uh, and uh, you just couldn't secure the business when you're at the meeting. Now that is daily contact as far as I'm concerned until they actually sign. Now I would do a hybrid approach, Troy, around the communication piece. So a hybrid of SMS, uh, email and phone contact, okay? Just mix it up and also tell them stories, Troy. I just listed this, my colleague Marnie just sold that, my, my colleague Mark just uh, looked at another property similar to. So all that type of dialogue is absolutely vital. Um, so the fourth group that if you've got no one to call is basically your, your pipeline seller. So that's 80% of the database that we talked about. Um, and that should be anywhere between 30 to 60 calls per day of people you either met a year ago, six years ago, or two weeks ago. Yep. And it's that you know dialogue around, haven't spoken for a while, just seeing how you're going. Uh, you mentioned you were renovating. I know that your wife was expecting. Uh, I heard you were moving over state when your husband spoke to me last time, etc. And just using those touch points and those nurturing pieces and add those notes into your or into your CS, CRM or whatever uh, uh, process you're using. Uh, hopefully Map or a lot of people are using Outlook as long as you're making notes each, each time along the way. The next group is those A buyers or those hot buyers we talked about. People that will sell the minute they buy a piece of real estate. So if you just focus on that ecosystem of people to call and then on the top of that you might have some old OFIs, you might have an expired listings plan, you might even do for sale by owners or door knocking, trust me, you've got plenty of people to call. And if you run out of all that, go and see one of your colleagues and say, hey, do you have any IP that's sitting in the bottom drawer, i.e. 60 names that I could call and go halves on the commission if and when I unearth one of those leads, let's do that. Or in fact, I only want uh, 10 or 20%, but I want my name on the on the signboard and brochure. You know, that's passive income for you. Let's do that. So th I do not accept that there's no one to call. I do not accept that um, there's not enough uh, contacts and, and content to actually speak about. And I do not accept that uh, one agent in isolation can't share the IP of their office or their colleagues. So you've talked a lot about sharing case studies and making sure that you arm yourself to always be, again that word guys, adding value to the client. What's in it for them? That's what most people have a mindset around. Can you play back to me if you can, um, what would be your closing dialogue with someone that you've had a conversation with, you've given a bit of value to them, what from there do you say to loop in the next conversation you're going to call in the next six months, three months, whenever that time frame may be? Sure, okay, so the minimum call per annum, if someone says, Troy, I'm not selling, is still twice per year. 
Okay. Now that's a phone message or or, or, or an actual conversation. Yep. Okay. If at the end of their conversation they trigger any possible or remote idea or concept of making a move or receiving what I like to call that annual price check. Yep. So often what I'll do when I make that call, Troy, is say, did you realize that I spoke to you 12 months ago and you're actually due for your annual price check? <laughs> so you know how your dentist calls you yep. and says, hey, Troy, guess what? It's that time of year again. I told you a year ago I was going to call you. Uh, you're due for your annual hygiene and, and checkup, right? So I'm finding that that due for your annual price check, it's like, okay, they still may not look to want to sell, but guess what? It's another opportunity to get a face-to-face. -face. And as you know, my ideal day is two to four hours of prospecting in the morning, two to four face-to-face -face appointments in the afternoon. And if one of those is just a nurturing piece around just a market appraisal where they're never looking to sell, I'd still rather an agent do that than sit, sit in the office. Yeah. Okay. So another opportunity just to do that annual price check. But if someone remotely suggests that they may do something and they say, call me in three months, four months, I would always half that time yeah. and actually do it in, in one and a half to three months respectively in those situations. situations. Guys, you would have heard us a lot in the McGrath training and, and learning development programs talk about the Client for Life program and, and what Adrian's mentioned there is something very crucial to the success of that is that if you're focused on nurturing someone every 12 months and having that face-to-face -face conversation or meeting with them, you can actually put them on the Client for Life program. Why not yes. use their anniversary of when they purchased the home and settled on the property to move in to then 12 months later go and have that conversation to say hey listen there's a number of properties that have affected the price of your home here today that are in surrounding areas do you know the value of your asset Correct. Right? And it's that kind of conversation that opens up the dialogue. And then, and even if it isn't a sell, even if it's just a nurture program, you're still giving them insights into the market that probably no other agent is doing right now. That's right. And you may suggest that it's for insurance purposes. You know, you might suggest that it's for your accountant's purposes when they're doing a uh, assets and liabilities check. Yep. There's so many reasons. So these are things you need to be able to control the narrative around and put ideas in their mind around why they might need it because it's quite often their insurer or their accountant will do an assets and liabilities or they'll do a premium based on the value of the improvement and the land. Important stuff to know. Perfect. Guys, thanks again, Adrian, for catching up with the, the team here today. Episode number five. Guys, next week we're going to talk a little bit about sharing case studies at the listing appointment and how to get the most out of other people's sales in your office, right? So we all have a lot of sales going through the business. How do we get the most out of using that as leverage for potential new clients in the market today? Adrian, thanks again for catching up. Uh, guys, looking forward to seeing you again next Friday. Any questions, keep sending them through. We do have a backlog, so I Apologize if we haven't got to your question yet. We're going to be working through them over the coming weeks. But Adrian, uh, see you next week. Thanks, Bye, guys. Team.